Welcome back to Deep Spirituality, all of my deeply spiritual, spiritual, spiritualist. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, our second episode on guilt today, and we hope it really helps you. And today's episode is called God's Answer for Guilt. I want to start off with a story, and we're going to do what we did last time. We'll lay out some, some, some broad uh, scriptural uh, foundations, and we've got our guest back again to continue the episode, Cameron Straw. And the query clan is here, minus one. Uh, but God's answer for guilt. I want to tell you a story, though. Uh, I remember I was in college. I've been a Christian for about two months, and I didn't go to church. If you've been a listener, you know I didn't go to church, wasn't in the church, and, and, and still don't like religiosity very much. It kind of annoys me because I'm not a super religious kind of acting person. Uh, so it was hard for me to join church and, and, and learn all the things. But as soon as I started to learn everything and figure it out, I figured out what sin was. I felt sinful all the time. And one day, and I'll never forget this day, I was walking uh, down the street while in college, and I kept remembering things I felt guilty for and bad for. And and the sidewalk I was walking on is kind of a boulevard, so it's like twice as much distance between each block of sidewalk as the typical sidewalk. And so I was praying every time I remember something I felt guilty about and asking God to forgive me because what I what I thought was true, what I understood to be true was God wouldn't forgive you unless you prayed for forgiveness about the particular sin. So that's what I had learned in my mind. That's what I thought. So I walk along and go, oh, God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for being angry. Forgive me for being lustful. Forgive me for being mad. Forgive me for being greedy. Forgive me. And so my whole, I was walking, and I suddenly noticed that every time I hit a crack, I was coming up with something new to feel guilty about, and I felt terrible. Fast forward two years. I lived that way for two years. And I went to a friend's Bible study, and he was older than me, and he taught on First John. And as he taught on First John, he talked about the fact that we're always being washed by the blood of Jesus if we confess our sins. And I began to understand that I didn't need to pray for each specific sin, that I was continually being washed by the blood of Jesus. And I hate to sound super religious, but that, that the forgiveness we receive is a constant, think of Niagara Falls if you've ever been there. It's a constant flow of cleansing all the time. And confession is agreement with God. So it isn't even necessarily that you're always specifically saying, hey, I did this. He already knows what we did, but he's making sure we're forgiven throughout the day. That changed my life and it changed my view of Christianity. It made me a happier Christian. That's God's answer for guilt. And first John will go there in verse in chapter one in verse three. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The interesting thing is, for John writes and says that everything I'm about to tell you about is about fellowship. It's about relationship. So when you think about relationship and fellowship, think about this. Fellowship is people being all together. Think about that. Um, relationships are the friends that we have. And so there's friendships. There's even leadership involved. All the ships are part of fellowship. And so... He's telling us, I'm about to tell you how to have that kind of, of relationship, how to have that kind of closeness. And so anytime you don't feel close to people, it's going to be because of guilt, usually. Something separating you from God, something separating you from people. Remember last episode we talked about it might be residual guilt from the past where you have regret. It may be false guilt. It may be true guilt. Whatever it is, whatever that emotion is, it's going to keep you from being close to people. And so John writes and says, I'm going to tell you, we've got fellowship with God. We want you to have fellowship with us. Here's how we do it. Verse 5, chapter 1, 1 John. 
This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. He's saying, look, if we're going to be close to God and close to each other, we got to stay in the light. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to perform well. We don't have to follow all the rules absolutely without ever making a mistake. None of that's necessary. The key is staying in the light, being transparent, being vulnerable, being true, being authentic, being yourself. That's the key. It's not about performance. It's about relationship. If I could get anything in any of our minds, it's that the big lesson I had to learn is I was performing for so long, trying to get a perfect record, a perfect score, the right spiritual GPA And that wasn't what God was looking for. He was looking for a relationship, not a performance. And so he's saying, stay in the light, be clean and clear about who you are, not about your record of sin in chapter one, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And here it is. The blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. And last episode, we talked about the fact that that guilt is people proof. It is, but it's not Jesus proof. It's not blood proof. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin any of us ever thought about, ever committed, ever planned to commit, that we look back on in the past and think about, the blood of Jesus, it forgives the sin and it purifies us. It clears it out. It washes it out so that we're, as the scripture saying in the book of Isaiah, white as snow. In verse 8 and 9, same chapter, 1 John, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So here's the problem with not owning our guilt. We can never fully experience forgiveness. If we never admit we have sin, then we can never be fully free, never really let it go. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I love the NIV here because it says when we confess our sins. And again, that comes from the confess comes from the Greek word, which means to agree with. So he's not talking here about reportage. He's not talking here about coming to the teacher and saying, I'm sorry, I flunked that test. Can I get a chance to redo it? He's talking about going, yeah, God, you're right. I was wrong. You know, the way you do things is right. And I got to get on board. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for a Agreement. Remember, I told the story about my arrows and my bow in the last episode. If you didn't listen to it, go back, listen to it. I went to my dad. I told my dad, dad, I broke the uh, garage door window with my bow and arrow. My dad forgave it because I was agreeing that breaking the window with the arrow was not the way to go. And so there's no need to punish And God is not a punitive God, despite what we may want to say. God is always trying to teach and train. And so his goal is not to get us to go, I blew it. I'm going to just grovel and hate myself. His goal is to go, oh, man, the way you do it is right. Now I understand it. And then he forgives it. Here's the key, Mike. I'm going to be pulling you guys in in a minute. (laughs) He forgives it and he purifies. Here's how I look at that. Not only does he forgive the sin, but he starts to purify us from that residual guilt. He starts to wash it. He starts to clear it. So not only do we feel forgiven, but we no longer have that stain on our conscience. It's an amazing thing when you experience forgiveness. Forgiveness takes care of the, 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 the isolation that guilt creates, which is distance. The accusation which guilt creates where it's always yelling at you in your ear saying, see, you blew it. You blew it. You did it again. You idiot. You stupid. That's what goes on in our heads, right? That discourages us. And guilt condemns. It says it's hopeless. Don't even try. Don't even try to go to God. You've been to God 15 times about this. He is not going to let it go this time. The reason you, yeah, the reason you got in that car accident is because you wouldn't listen to God and he made you get in a car accident. And we do all that junk because it messes with our head. 
That's the emotional importance of forgiveness. It takes care of this distance, this discouragement, and this depression. And so, in 1 John 3, verse 19, if you're driving your car, make sure you're paying attention because this scripture is going to knock you out. You're going to think about swerving off the road and, <laughs> and sitting on the sidelines and just rejoicing in this. You know, if you're doing laundry, be careful. You know, you might put the dry clothes back into the washer and wash them again because you're going to be so excited. If you're watching the Warriors, yes, this is better. Put it on pause. There is a sure way for us to know that we belong to the truth. This is 1 John three nineteen to 20 in the voice translation. There is a sure way for us to know that we belong to the truth, even though our inner thoughts may condemn us with storms of guilt and constant reminders of failures. I better read that again because I've got it in bold. Even though our inner thoughts may condemn us with storms of guilt and constant reminders of our failures, we can know in our hearts that in his presence, God is God himself in his presence. God himself is greater than any accusation. He knows all things. Whatever you're doing right now, whatever you feel terrible about, whatever's been guilting you out, you need to understand this. God already knows, and he's greater than that guilt. He's greater than the accusation. He is not fooled by the accusation. You are free. And so today, we're trying to talk in our conversation with everybody. As I said, I got our guest back. God's answer for guilt. And I want to bring these guys on in and get them to talk to you about how they experience, think about, talk about forgiveness. Mm. Yeah, you know, I just, <clears throat> because that last uh, scripture was so good, I swerved to the side of the road, paused my my Warriors game. And, uh, <laughs> you were watching the Warriors while you were while driving? Was, what kind of car do you have? <laughs> uh, it's a Tesla. It's a Tesla. Um, <laughs> I'll never own a Tesla. Um, yeah, and this, this is really helpful. In the last uh, time, the last episode, we talked about regret and how I can feel it, I can experience it. And this scripture will help me a lot. It, it helped thinking about regret as a form of guilt because this scripture gives me a lot of hope that uh, guilt can always be forgiven of, washed away, right. as we're talking about, right? So the, the constant reminders of our failures, I, I feel like I can just go day to day just with a, a, a newsreel, like a highlight clip of my failures, right? Of right. Things I didn't do right, things I didn't do well at home, conversation I had that didn't go well, uh, you know, I... Yeah, it's something that I just blew. And, you know, I, I can just remember that a lot. And it, it helps. I think the scripture, it helps and it's challenging too because it, it tells me like I need to actually do something. I can do something about it. It can change, but I need to take some action. I need to right. talk to God. I need to, I need to pray. I need to be able to talk with friends, right? Share what I'm, what I'm guilty of, you know? And so it challenges me because so long as I'm feeling that, it tells me that I'm, I, I am isolating, like I am pulling back, right? But um, so yeah, it just, it gave me a lot of hope. I think of the storms of guilt and constant reminders of our failures. That's something that, I mean, I feel that all the time. And I think that um, will really mess up your faith, you know? And I, I think yeah. about, like I, I was sharing the last episode about mom guilt, but I mean, I know my baby's 10 months old, you know, and I get a lot of guilt, but I, I have a lot of friends whose kids are a little older and they feel this a lot, the storms of guilt and constant reminders of their failures. If their kids are going through something, they just feel like, you know, I can't get out of the feeling that my guilt has hurt somebody else, my kid who's so close to me, you know, and that you love so much. And I, I think, you know, um, I often think the answer to guilt is stuff it down, ignore it. It's too painful. A lot of times to see that it's right. too painful to see, especially if you feel like it's hurt somebody else. Um, but I think that the turning to God and knowing God is greater than any accusation is it's really freeing, you know, because those accusations are what really, I think, mess up our relationship with God a lot. So let me ask you guys a question. I know we're going to get Cameron in here a minute, but how often do you think about 
Uh, I'm going to get it up on the screen. Oh, it's it's Cameron. I forgot. I'm not hooked up to the screen. Um, the blood. I think the scripture on the blood of Jesus. I know it. It it is in in religious circles. There's a lot of songs about it, um, and there's a lot of statements about it. But I I think sometimes we can underrate the power of the blood of Jesus. And I'm wondering how much you guys think about that when you have those moments of let's focus on the failure part. I wonder how much you guys think I can make a comeback. Uh, In the last episode, Amy talked about David and Psalm 51 being her recommendation. I actually did a study on David in second Samuel and about um, why did David stop fighting? And when you look at chapters one through 10, he goes through a lot. He has to reunite Israel with Judah. He loses Saul and, and Jonathan, his best friend. Uh, his weird dynamic in marriage, because he had all those wives with Michael, she was bitter at him for dancing naked in front of people, which is a whole nother, you know, that's probably that, that music you're recommending for Christmas. <laughs> you just that's sure Christmas. Wasn't that's naked. like Christmas music you were recommending, Cameron. But he goes through all this, and then in chapter 11, he doesn't go out to fight. All that load, and he doesn't go out to fight. Famously, commits adultery, kills Uriah. But then later on, when Absalom, his son, is rebelling against him, it says, you don't, Ahotophel says, you don't want to attack David because you know David and his men, they are fighters. And David fights again. The thing that strikes me about that is he failed incredibly. And yet he found his way back to fight and lead the kingdom. There's so much spoken about his sin There's so little spoken about his comeback. And so to me, one of the things that really would help people is, and even maybe all of us, is if we could believe that deeply in the powerful blood of Jesus that he purifies us from sin and, I think by implication, failure. So that if you feel like, oh, I failed at leading a Bible study or in my marriage or with my kid, he can wipe it away. I mean, do you guys believe that or does that seem fantastical? I mean, I definitely believe it. I don't think about it all the time. I grew up religious, so for me, it almost is like this uncomfortable thing because it's talked right. about so much. Right, right. So, so for me, even like saying Jesus and this and that, like, was like <laughs> weird for me a little bit. Like, I was like, stay away from that. But I, I had to revisit it, and I, I've been studying now grace a lot too because even that, I think I just got kind of messed up on the view of what that really meant. Yeah. But even what you're talking about with the blood, I think it. It is a powerful thing when I really think that I am really covered. I'm good. Like, even though, like, like you were saying, I like the story. I remember hearing that before with like the guilt of the, the like every time you like hit a yeah, new crack in yeah, the sidewalk. Yeah. I think a lot of people operate that way. And for me, I don't necessarily play that in my head, but I, I'm not motivated by this, this love. I realize a lot of times. So I'm, I'm someone who now wants to kind of change and motiv- I'm kind of motivated by just even personal growth. I'm right. like, oh, I want to, I don't want to be a loser. I don't want to like, you know, be who I was in high school. I want to like do something with my life, but that's not motivated by God's love. Or, you know, even if it's like, I want to be close to God, it's not necessarily for those reasons. What do you mean when you say grace? People talk about that word a lot. Yeah. So I think just knowing that it's not something that I can't earn something like God's like, when I think about God's love and forgiveness, it's this, it's like a gift of, um, as I'm studying out, I'm learning more, but I think it's, it's something that I did not deserve. It's like a, um, I guess that 
I, I had this cliche definition in my mind of like the unmerited favor thing, but that's the definition. Yeah, that's the, and that's how I think about it. But um, but I don't I don't even I don't actually consciously think of it. Just what like does you're it mean? With the blood. What does unmerited favor mean? Right. Does that mean that if you want a million dollars, you don't have to have earned it. You just can get it because God is that gracious. Well, uh, I don't know if it's the the million dollars. Because if it does, I'm going for the one million <laughs> right now. <laughs> but okay, I mean, I, I think First John really talks about it, um, and it, it, not necessarily in the scriptures these ones. But I know in. Can um, I ask you a question? Right. Why doesn't First John use the word grace? It's interesting. Um, Anybody know? This is deep. You went too deep. Let me ask another question. Do you think grace and forgiveness are are are, are sort of synonymous and difficult difficult to separate out? What's the difference in grace and forgiveness? I know there's some Greek scholar that's going to go out there and get the Greek and go. Let me show you the difference. I'm not talking about Greek. I'm talking about practically. I mean, I think there's similarities, but I think they're different in my mind. Like it's because forgiveness is I I got wrong, and then you choose to forgive, but. I think there's a difference with grace because it's something that I didn't even do. I didn't, I don't know, forgiveness. Can there be grace without forgiveness? Oh, that's a good point. I guess no probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I think so. Maybe, maybe. Wait. Well, so, so you're receiving grace, but you're losing your soul. Well, <laughs> Okay, well, what about hey, that sounds like that sounds like the Tesla that you have but don't have. <laughs> That's so funny. What about if you give someone grace of your teacher? No, no, okay, I can't but, go. But with by it. its nature, if you're being gracious to someone there, and they're in need needed. of forgiveness, yeah. you're gonna get forgiveness. Yeah, I guess so. I, to me, again, I I know I know people, I know religious people, they're gonna jump all over this. I'm gonna look it up in my commentary. Right. And I'm gonna, I'm, hey, save your breath. Don't send me an email. Right. I, I won't read it. I'm just saying, practically speaking, I think the reason people struggle with grace so much, which is a cool thing you're bringing up, I think it's a point you're making, right, is that it's very difficult in reality to differentiate it. And you could get really super religious and say great grace is the state of our relationship with God at all times, and forgiveness is sort of the pathway to redemption. But I Mm -hmm. think that who in the cotton-picking world is going to sit around and understand that? Right. That's like dribbling is not bouncing a ball. It is an artistic expression of your brain in rhythmic continuity with your arm and your fingertips to produce a sensation that not only thrills you but those who watch. I mean, right. it, it, we get too calm. Keeping it simple, right. I think when you look at Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying, Cameron. Right. He says his grace was not without effect to me. And what right. was the thing that Paul felt? The most grace. He felt over. like he was. Well, he felt like he was the worst of sinners. Why his, though? Because he persecuted the church. And yep. Yeah. Residual guilt. Right. Mm. I go, know. Mike. I love that right. scripture though. Wow. But he says, "Because by the grace of God, I am what I am." Yeah. And he knows that. But why was what was the grace of God? <laughs> this is where you get. I don't know. It's it's that. I think it's the fact that he was able to be forgiven and now be an apostle, now be a Christian, now have that sin forgiven. I think it's got to be the forgiveness, right? And it's the I think I I I you know, first of all, I think it's fun to talk about things where you don't know the absolute answer. Right. So I'm not trying to be smart. Right. I don't really want to hear from someone who's trying to be smart. I think the very discussion yeah. of grace and forgiveness is where we ought to be. Right. Well, cuz mm. I think Paul really felt gratitude. That's why he says the grace of me was not an effect. I worked hard. No, I worked harder than all the all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. And I think 
it, it's, it speaks to me because I think when going back just a little bit, because it helps me, I'm just, a, I, I think out loud, but <laughs> with the regret thing that we were talking about earlier in the last episode, I think there's a, the motive, and we were talking about the motivation of why you change. And um, even now, like thinking about forgiveness and grace, I think having that as a motive to drive, like he's like the grace, the grace basically is what kind of made him work hard. And I think, cause most people, what I, at least for the way I grew up, it's like, oh, you're good. God's grace. And then you like, don't do anything is like how I grew up. Like that was like, but don't you think that that, and Amy, I want to get you and Mike and Amy, I want to get you in here. Don't you, I think this is an important thing, right? Cause we're talking about God's, God's solution um, for guilt. So I think it's important because I think what people do is they use grace as a label that is meaningless. You're not doing that. Right, right, right. But that's what you're saying. Right. They go, you come by the grace. So that basically means I can ignore my guilt because God's taking care of it. Right. Here's the problem. When you use grace like that, you still got the guilt. Right. Right. That's true. And so what you have to do is go into ignorance and denial. And what I'm saying is I think at the heart of grace is the forgiveness of God and that the grace is that constant blood of Jesus purifying us, that God is making it so that even if you don't ask for forgiveness, you got it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cool. Like what Paul was, so like when you referenced when he said, like, I'm the worst of sinners, like he, he always kept in front of him like his past, yep. right? right? But not in a way that was like defeatist. Yes. Or what, like he, he seemed, very, he was like firmly confident that yes. he was forgiven. That's right. right? So that's to me, right. that's probably how you, you can tell, right? right? Who's actually really with it or whatever. Because he, exactly. he he wasn't hiding stuff, right? He was like, no, I'm, I'm very committed. Like this is who I was. Like I was... Because you know. how much can you understand grace if you don't understand how much you're forgiven and what you're forgiven of? Because right. you don't understand your sin, right. <laughs> grace is like <laughs> it's meaningless, yeah. right? And that's the problem, right? It becomes meaningless, and then people become powerless and unmotivated, right? Because if I don't ever admit my sin, then I don't ever really experience forgiveness, and I've never really experienced forgiveness. I don't know how great I have it, right? Right? right, right. And it's so, like that. Well, who's the? Was it the widow or who was the one that was? Um, she, you know, you said who's been forgiven much, loved much. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that same idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You right? might want to find out where that is. Yeah, <laughs> that's some biblical scholar level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a scripture that covers this, and then I want to get in here and talk more about some of these practical things about what forgiveness, Luke 7, what forgiveness does. Uh, you wanna, you wanna, yeah, you wanna it, read that? It says, um, uh, I guess I'll read the the whole. Should I read the whole thing in context? Um, oh, just said, read that. Just, just read that the part, part said, about yeah. It says in uh, Luke seven forty seven. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Um, yeah. See, the funny thing about that scripture is, I read that scripture when I was in college, because I felt really guilty after I became a Christian that I was committing sins, you know, because I've been forgiven, and some of the same sins that I was committing before I became a Christian. And I remember feeling terrible, like I'd ruined my record, that I had this really clean <laughs> record and now I was ruined and I was right, right. back where right. I was before. Because when I became a Christian, I was like, right. okay, cool, I'm forgiven. Now I get a new start. Then I ruined my new start and I felt like I needed another new start. <laughs> and I and right. I lost the opportunity yep. to have a new start. And I read that scripture and you know what I figured out when I read that scripture? That when I became a Christian, I thought I was a good person. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really understand how much I needed to be forgiven at the point of mm-hmm. becoming a Christian. And what had happened is after I became a Christian and had sins, which all people will do, um, then I suddenly dawned on me, I'm a sinful person, meaning that this is my challenge. But I, for the first time, I remember feeling more gratitude for forgiveness after I became a Christian right. than at the point when I became a Christian. And I, that to me 
is the path of grace, where you, Mike said it, where you have this incredible confidence that whatever I've done, God will forgive you. Now, people may not forgive you. Right. right. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, my conscience is clear. The Lord judges me, but I don't care what any human court says. I don't care what people decide. You can decide what you want about me, but I know my conscience is clear. And I also know it doesn't matter even because, my because yeah. God's got stuff on me that I haven't even thought about. But my total confidence and trust is in him. And listen to Paul. He talks this way in Galatians. This is fun. Uh, he talks this way in Galatians. He says in Galatians one thirteen, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. So like Mike said, he was never trying to hide what kind of person he had been, what kind of person he could be. I was advancing in my Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. So when God called him by grace, he was saying, I already know what you're going to do. I already know what kind of person you're going to be. I already get that deal. But I've made my decision, and you're going to be the guy I use. And grace is that powerful thing that allows you to say, even though I'm a loser in my own mind, even though I'm a failure in my own mind, even though if I'm King David, you know, I've gone down the tubes, I can get up in the morning and feel brand new and start again. Maybe not with people. Right. But with God, but its core is forgiveness. And I think a lot of people end up distant, discouraged and depressed because they can't get what we're talking about. Are we right. being too religious and too impractical or I, I don't mean, help think me so. I don't think, the last thing you said too. What was, do you think? Amy hadn't said anything for me. She'll tell us. This is too complicated. We may have to erase this whole episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking, uh, I, I think that it's hard for me. You know, I think we started this conversation about, do you believe the blood purifies you? And I, I think it's hard for me to believe that in the moment with my emotions. Sometimes in the moment I feel like, no, this is too bad, you know? And, um, and then I, what does help is looking over my life. And thinking I have failed a lot of times spiritually. I've gotten into all kinds of sin. I've failed in leading and, um, and then going, well, no, God did forgive me then, you know, and, and then, and then thinking about grace as I, I like that definition, the unmerited favor, because I'm such a performer. I have to, I feel like I have to earn everything. So when yeah. I think, you know, what makes me think of is when I think of grace, I just think of God likes me, you know, like he actually, mm, unmerited cool. favor is like he likes me regardless hey, like of, cool. you know, did I earn it or not? Or when I did, even when I was at my lowest, point and I and and I wasn't doing things he liked maybe I was making choices that he didn't like he still like me you know (laughs) that just kind of helps me because such a try to earn it type of person you know what I think that's a great space for us to stop I mean we can't get any better than that Mm -hmm. if you're feeling guilty God's plan for you is the blood of Jesus will forgive you wipe it away as Amy just said God's grace well it's that God just likes you and if you can believe that if you can walk away and say boy I really believe that God likes me, whether I'm doing good, not doing good, whether I'm coming through, not coming through, whether I'm succeeding, failing, God likes me. How about that? As you're driving along, as you're thinking right now, as you're eating your cereal, whatever it is you're doing, <laughs> Stay. you know, falling asleep, <laughs> grass-fed beef, according to Cameron, whatever it is you're eating, or maybe you're taking care of your kid like Amy was talking about, and you're thinking, man, I should have... Uh, personally made from organic materials from scratch the baby food <laughs> you know you're watching some you're watching some super wealthy actress who's got 65 nannies on tv <laughs> talking about it and you just go no 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 god likes me mm. and i'm all good all right that's a really good take i mean i hope we didn't get too religious too complicated we're not trying to we're trying to really take on some things that'll help each of us overcome our guilt but we've got to get to some fun stuff real quick and this time we're going to do it a little different 
Ooh. I'm going to be asking Cameron to give me a Bible study and a character that ties into this. I'm going to be asking uh, uh, Mike. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to be asking Amy and Mike. Yes, my Amy and Mike about inspired or tired. And then I'm going to come around and do movie recommendations and music recommendations. And so Cameron's not going to do inspired and tired today. He's going to do Bible study and character recommendations. Amy and Mike are going to do inspired and tired. Then we'll close out with movie and music recommendations. And we'll be getting out of this podcast. We hope it's helping. We hope it's setting people free. So Cameron, Bible study and character recommendation for our study today. Well, we talked about David a lot. So I feel like that's a hard one to, I mean, go over again. But I do think a lot of people don't know about the chronological study. I think you were talking about Samuel with the Psalms, because I think Psalms and Samuel, when you look at, there's a chronological. First or second Samuel? Oh, gosh. I think it's, I think <laughs> first it's Sam- <laughs> second Samuel. Let's go with second yeah, Samuel. Yeah, I think it's second Samuel. But it's, it's basically there's a chronological study that um, is out there, if you probably Google it. But it, it follows the Psalms and uh, David's actual uh, life in Samuel, I think okay. second Samuel, where he's uh, going through it. So you can see what he's going through and how he prays about it, because David was going through all kinds of stuff. And he's able to work through those emotions, not get guilted out, you know, all that stuff that we were talking about. Okay. Um, and you can you can get in depth on that. And I think that's a great one. Um, yeah. And then a Bible study. Man, I've just been in. I think Hebrews is a great study. All, what I realize, we take a lot of stuff out of context, including me. But Galatians, Ephesians, all, all, all the New Testament uh, um, scriptures, they all start with grace. I feel like it, they build on each other. And it's like they build on themselves because they're all one letter. And so, you know, you're giving a lot right there, man. I'm just saying, so I got to go out and buy a, if you a, go through, a set of commentaries so if you right through, there. If you go through Hebrews with the focus. There are people who have swerved in the street right now. <laughs> they swerved in their car and go on track. What? I think go through Hebrews with the focus. I said, I said this last study to do uh, Galatians or Ephesians, but I think Hebrews is also a great one on grace. Um, and okay, so let's, let's tighten this up because grace is a word religion right. use so much. I think that word. I, I'm not. Too much. I'm not feeling you right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I think it, no, 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 no. You're good. <laughs> Maybe the blood you're, of Jesus. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I got that arrow right in my heart. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> okay, so what I'm trying to say is, I, I'm going to take right, what you right, said no, and like distill that. it a little bit. Please, let's distill a little bit. So the character is going to be David. I like that. You can find David in First and Second Samuel's, as well as First Chronicles, I believe. And so the, the 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 character study is that you pick one of those books: early life, later life, uh, any one of those. But look at David and how he navigates it. He doesn't just have Second Second Samuel eleven. He also counts the fighting men. Uh, he also is chased uh, by uh, by uh, Saul, and at one point cuts Saul's cloak. And the Bible says he's conscience-stricken. Oh, right. So there's a whole lot more. One of the reasons he was a man after God's own heart is because his heart beat in rhythm with God's heart. And so he would feel you know, intimately those feelings. So that would be a great one. And then you mentioned Hebrews. And, and let's just, for the sake of people, let's talk about forgiveness. Because forgiveness is a word that's in both the Old and New Testament. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a very powerful thing. And I think a lot of people will end up studying grace and not be able to really get their hands around it. Because what did we learn today? We talked about grace, and we had a hard time getting our hands around it. And I think a more practical thing is, can we get to a state where we feel constantly forgiven all the time, where mm-hmm. we always find a way? Right. So I think that's what you're talking about. And so those are great studies. I love that you picked up on the David thing. Oops, sorry, I forgot your word. And then Hebrews. If you're not liking the, the David stuff, uh, First Samuel, Second Samuel, and First Chronicles, 
go ahead and read Hebrews. And I love it too. And it actually does a great job explaining grace and forgiveness and putting them Hebrews together. 10 to, so nice job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're able to get a whole lot of time off that. You milk that. <laughs> you milk that. You milk that clock. Okay. Inspired or tired. I know everybody's waiting for it. I know everybody's waiting for it. Okay. Mike, you're oh, first. Okay. You're going to be first. I'm ready. Uh, inspired or tired? The discussion, the discussion around climate change. Oh, inspired, hundred percent for sure. I mean, how could that be tired? I mean, uh, you can. Well, get, someone might not believe in it. I mean, like I said, be tired. Ooh. Yeah, that's a sort of. I don't know how you, uh, how, how much you want to get into that whole thing. I uh, mean, no, I just meant is it is it a is it something you think is a really compelling, cutting edge think thought, or are yeah. people overdoing it? Yeah, I think it's inspired both because of you know. The reality. I don't think you can take it too seriously, but I think it's also a good opportunity to, to do you learn. Think, do you think we at least have to consider that things like California wildfires and hurricanes in Florida, in which my sister was hit by that, yeah, have been impacted by the way we treat the climate and the environment? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I think because these things are happening, regardless of how you feel about it, I think it's a good opportunity to learn discussion. Like, why why are these things happening? Like, let's is it related? Let's, yeah. let's have a conversation because yeah. this is, I mean, we're in California, we're in the Bay Area. And, you know, my weather app is saying right. it's unhealthy. Don't go, like, the weather forecast today is unhealthy. Hashtag right? so masks When you're getting on. that every day and, you, you know, the schools are doing everything indoors, we can't go outside because, okay. cool. you know, that cool. thing should prompt the discussion. Oh, Mike's ready to go, man. All right. <laughs> Amy, inspired or tired? Target. Oh, inspired. It's the best. <laughs> that's where you get everything. One-stop shop. Love was, Target. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Whiplash between I, those I, two. I like things. it. I like it. I like it. Okay, Mike. Inspired or tired video games? Ooh, inspired or tired. Okay, now we're going to differ on this one. <laughs> Fortnite. Let's get specific. I'm going to go inspired okay. just because of how, um, like, the industry, even for like live esports, like gaming, is become like you can fill a stadium now Growing. with people watching. Should I help you out? Should well, you, like you want to play? No, 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 no. I would, I would, I would, I would either crush you or be crushed by you. Oh. <laughs> um, they're now giving esports scholarships. Are you no serious? Way. I'm serious. Uh, as, I'm serious. There's a hope in the future for me. Okay. Wow. All right. Amy. <laughs> Amy. Inspired or tired? Caffeine and coffee. Ooh, caffeine and coffee. That's a hard one. Uh, hey, depends just on. Got to tell the truth. Depends on the day for me. Rough night with you, baby. Yeah, exactly. Inspired. Yeah, exactly. This morning, inspired. This morning, inspired. <laughs> depends on the brand. Where do you like to get your coffee? Uh, where do I like to get my coffee? Uh, I'm a Starbucks person. It's, it's easy. It's everywhere. You know. You just, right. <laughs> but you, what did you have You're this Mike's morning? Wife? Uh, right. This morning, my husband made me craft coffee. It was awesome. blue bottle. Mm. Wow! Look at this. Okay, Mike. Inspired or tired? Fantastic Beast second movie. Ah, uh, tired. 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 I mean, I thought I saw the last one. It was. Ooh. I just. It feels like the 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 Hobbit movies where it just felt like they were just milking a good franchise. All right. You know, just right. like put it. Right. Watch the reruns. I can't argue with you. Watch the watch the. There's Amy, like twenty. Harry inspired Potter or tired? The new Grinch movie. Uh, There's a new with one? Benjamin Cumberbatch. I was going to say tired because I didn't know there was a new a new oh, Grinch movie. I know. Is, I'm my sorry. My son just <laughs> went to see that for his birthday, and they all went together. My, Cameron, you saw it. I saw it. It was pretty good. All right. um, Better yeah. than Jim Carrey. I, it's a different. It's it's a totally different thing. It's, let me it's hit, animated. Let, let me hit you with this, okay? And then we'll we'll finish in Spartan. The Grinch 
61 years old, may be as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel, to quote his creator, but slather him with high fructose corn syrup, perky computer animation, roll him in a mega marketing campaign, 10 million Grinch-themed boxes shipped by Amazon alone, and the green critter is as sure a bet as there is in mass holiday entertainment. Dr. Seuss, the Grinch, based on the 1957 book How the Grinch Stole Christmas and following the Whoville-hating footsteps of the classic TV special, a stage musical, and a live-action film starring Jim Carrey arrived in 4,141 theaters in North America over the weekend and took in a strong $66 million. The new film with Benjamin Cumberbatch leading the voice cast cost Illumination and Entertainment about $75 million to make and was distributed by Universal Stu Pictures. And so in one weekend, they pretty much made all the money they could make. <laughs> yeah. And what I heard about it, it is truly meaningful. It's deep. It teaches a lot of lessons about unselfishness and a lot of lessons about um, the young girl, apparently, and it has a lot of compassion on the Grinch. Wow. And he goes, why would you give me Christmas? Uh, why would you want me to come over to your house for Christmas when I stole all your Christmas gifts? And she basically says something like, I don't want you to be alone. See? Man, I'm, okay, I'm I take back now. my. Uh, all right, tired. all I know I is who are these people? <laughs> they need to send me some money for giving them that. <laughs> I just, but the reason I brought that up is because now we get to our holiday movie yes. recommendation. <laughs> Here we go. Ohio, or like Jalen Rose says, got to give the people what they want. All right, movie recommendation, Mike. Okay, so now I'm going with the definitive Christmas movie, definitive? aside from Die Hard. Oh man, we're going with, with uh, Christmas Story. Christmas, Christmas Story. Story. Christmas Story. Okay, you got Ralphie. You got the, oh, you got the, <laughs> you got the, uh, the, the big puffy coat where he can't put his arms down. Okay. You okay. got the Bumpus's dogs. It's got everything. Bumpus's dog. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I've tried to watch that movie, but I've never been able to make this it. Is this, this is the year. This is it. This is the year. year I get it done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm okay. bringing it over. Amy. So this isn't exactly a Christmas movie, but uh, Sound of Music. I feel like it's always oh, on it is. around. Yeah, is it a yeah, Christmas absolutely. movie? Does it count? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love it. Well I love how the, the dad changes <laughs> around. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one with the Nazis, yeah, right? That's good. Yeah. They harmonized right That's there. good. That's they, great. Okay, wait, like what? That. Is there a Christmas Okay, there? music recommendations from all three of you. I didn't give a movie one. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Home Alone. That's it. Home Alone. You just broke the bank. Nice job. You came in all subtle, like I didn't get a movie recommendation. Then you just dropped Home Alone. One, one or two, two three, sixty-five. I mean, one or two. I don't even think three should be in the, yeah, the list. Even, but, yeah. I mean, Man, there's so many. There's so many home. I, can't I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start getting past Macaulay Culkin, I'm done. Yeah, you can't, true. The young Macaulay Culkin cannot be beat. I mean, that movie is a classic. I'm with you on Number that. Number two has uh, Donald Trump in it. Oh no! Now you're getting now you're getting, now you're getting political. Just moving on. Now you're getting political. I just wanted to put it out. Now, now I, I don't want to get. I got a little political last time by asking a political commentary. Now Mike, Mike is our resident political oh, I said guy. He was, I just said he was in the movie. That is all you said. But why would you say that? There were other people in the movie so, too. <laughs> there are lots of people in the movie. That's fair. Music point. recommendation. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yo, I really like Sarah McLaughlin's Christmas album. Yeah. I really really like it. She. Yeah. Her arrangements, she she tries different melodies yeah. and really nice chord progression. She's a real deal. So she'll take a song and just invert it, and it's just a, a new Christmas song that you heard a million she times. She is absolutely the real Beautiful. deal. Beautiful. So she actually had a, another, I don't know if you caught I think it was like last year or two years ago, uh, like a follow-up album. Same she, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Whole another set of songs. Oh, I got to find that. And same thing, just... Different, just really beautiful arrangements. We gotta get, you know, what we gotta get Mike. We gotta get a, uh, or can we gotta get a, a email address mm-hmm. and and allow people to send us an email address of their recommendations mm-hmm. for uh, Christmas movies and and uh, and Christmas and music, and mm-hmm. that way we can we can we can uh, we can share it with people online. If you're still listening, maybe some of you are like cut it off after the spiritual part, but you know we're not <laughs> spiritual enough to go the whole time. Being spiritual. We gotta <laughs> talk about the holidays up. and get ready. It's time to get ready. It's, I, I'm planning putting up the lights pretty soon. Amy, uh, what Christmas means to me. Music.
What Christmas means to me, that's my song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought, you gonna, I, thought she was starting, I thought she was starting a whole other episode. Now we're going to do what Christmas means to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're moving on. Okay. It's my song. Is that Stevie Wonder? Yeah, it's a favorite. I love that song. Oh, Can yeah. You got to bring your guitar next time, Mike. Oh, you can get down. Get down on it. Come on and get down on it. <laughs> so okay. I always got. Yeah. I want to throw some different stuff at you always. But right, uh, right. Sufjan Steven, Sufjan. Oh yeah, yeah, that's legit. <sighs> he's good. He's, he came no, out with some I've serious Christmas stuff. He's who legit. is this? He's a real artist. No, um, who is he? Sufjan Stevens. He's Sufjan Stevens. He's like more. He started Sufjan. with folky stuff, but he's he's you know done all kinds if of. Different anyone music. listens to this podcast has, and gets an email from us. And will send us email to confirm that this person even exists. <laughs> that would be he's, helpful. He's real. Suki um, on It's S U F J A N. How do you Steve. find these people? Man, I'm I'm all about that. Oh, you know, I'll vouch this one. This is good. Oh, you will? Yeah. yeah, it's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. He did, okay, he did a whole Christmas album. Oh, text yeah. it to me. I'll listen to it. He's prolific. Is he? Oh yeah. He's, How old he's is he? Good. I think he's probably older now. He's oh, maybe really? thirty now, but he—he's he probably older, older now. Dude. He's probably thirty. I mean, he could be thirty-one. But, I mean, he's been making music for a while since he was five. A lot of albums, <laughs> like Tiger Woods. Yeah. He's the Tiger Woods with me. What kind of music? It's it's folky, but he's he's gone into some electronic, uh, more rhythmic stuff. Uh, okay. But I like his old kind okay. of more. Okay, would you That's call how it? Folk? I know. It. I didn't indie, even know he did. I don't know he switched stuff. it up. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad we can't play some music on here. Um, we don't have the money to pay for They'll the copyright. Sorry, people. Okay, so. If you've been listening, we've added this part because it's fun. And if you don't like it, you can cut it off. But we think it's fun. And we think it's fun because it's the holidays. We think it's fun because I'm doing inspired and tired of the top of my head. So if it's terrible, blame me. But maybe I'll prepare it one time. But it's just fun just to do it. Uh, make sure you find some friends, okay? Make sure you find some friends and start to have conversations. Get a circle of friends, relationships, friendships, even mentors, people who can guide you. They're a little older, a little more experienced. And let's knock out this forgiveness thing. Let's knock out this guilt thing. Let's get this forgiveness and grace thing going in our lives so we can leave the past behind and be able to do some special stuff. Have a wonderful morning, wonderful night, a wonderful tomorrow, a wonderful holiday. Goodbye, good night, good rest. Have a good time. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net and our YouTube channel called Deep Spirituality. If you enjoyed these episodes, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.